How you doing, my, how you doing, my, my brother? How you doing today? Oh, I'm strong, brother. Appreciate you. You know what I mean? I, you know what I mean? I saw you um, with Brother Maul, and I said, man, this, the outreach you're doing with the, the youth, man, is, is amazing, man. Oh, man, it's, 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 my, it's my mission. It's my duty. You know what I mean? How, how did you get involved with that, Brother Masai, with the youth? So um, in 2014, um, uh, really 2014, yeah, my daughter, she had uh, died. Uh, she had E. coli in the hospital, and uh, she was uh, premature. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, uh, that really put a fire inside of me to reach out to youth, you know, more than I ever had before. Um, my wife at that time, she uh, she and I, we came up with a youth program called the Baltimore Youth Chase. I'm sorry. What was it? No, it was called the Baltimore Youth Act. And then we came up with a nonprofit called the Baltimore uh, Youth Chase Initiative. My daughter's name was Chase. Um, and then from there, we just began to do a lot of community events, uh, you know, West Baltimore very uh marginalized community um you know not a lot of love not a lot of investment from the local politics or anywhere really so except for the grassroots as best as we can so we started doing like acting programs um i had an outdoor movie movie night in the hood for about three years um i started taking them camping and then that's when i, I, I uh, turned into the black wolf youth scouts okay so so you actually did create the Black Wolves? Yes. Okay. What 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 made you come up with that idea, man? Because you don't you don't see that, you know what I mean? Uh, a scouts, you know what I mean? In you know what I mean, an urban community like that, you know what I mean? You had the Boy Scouts, but you know what I mean. That's not really target for us. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So what what, what made you want to do that? So um. You know, all across the world, man, especially in poor communities, you have uh, youth scout type organizations, which really wind up becoming paramilitary. Um, you know, you'll find that, um, you know, uh, in certain regimes, certain rebellions, um, and I could particularly think of some of them in Africa, but they always go to the children, the youth. And mm -hmm. I mean, we talking about, you know, children as young as 10 years old, you know, picking up machetes and rifles. So it's, it's really not a new thing to teach youth how to be militant, disciplined, you know, and how to get the job done. So um, I didn't take, of course, you know, I, I haven't, I never taken it to that extent because uh, that's not what it's about, mm -hmm. but, you know, organizing the youth um, to be more disciplined uh, is something that was vital and is still needed here in, in, in Baltimore City, Maryland. So, you know, it, it really wasn't hard doing that. Plus, plus with my military background and experience, all of that just made it a lot easier. Oh, so, so brother Masai, you did some military time. Then. Yes, I did. Uh, what, what, uh, what branch did you do? Sometimes I was Army. Okay. So, um, so is. I see. I see on your page you got a lot of Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey. A lot of people don't understand who Marcus Garvey is. So how did 
how did they influence your life? Them two brothers right there. Hello? Hello? Yeah, yeah, I, I guess it was a, a signal issue. Oh. Um, I said, I see a lot, I see a lot of Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey on your, on your Facebook. Are they like your biggest influence as, you know what I mean, your heroes, your, your civil rights heroes? Yeah, so I, per se. I, I would definitely say that they are more of my generals. Um, they are my ancestors. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, they live they live within me as well. So, you know, we, we reincarnate ourselves, you know, every, mm -hmm. every time a child is born, an ancestor is reincarnated, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, I really just see them as me, but they're definitely my primary uh, influences. Marcus Garvey, the and we like to say the honorable because, you know, he was a very honorable, noble black man that did a lot for our people. Um, the honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey, which I got my middle name from. My first name is his middle name. Um, he was probably considered as, you know, like the, the real Moses of the, the, the uh, 20th century, you know, early 1900s. And uh, him coming from another country, from abroad, coming to this land, you know, he was like a, a prophet, if you want to call it, coming from abroad, uh, trying to free the people. And, um, you know, just like Moses in the Bible, you know, Marcus Garvey was all about the work. And uh, particularly the African-Americans, you know, when people see that red, black and green flag, they think it's Jamaican or something like that. You know, they misinformed. But. African-Americans, as they call us, particularly uh, that that movement, you know, started with us here. So that's really our flag. Um, he's the only man that really established a nationhood status uh, for us. You know, uh, Pan-African, the symbolic meaning of, of, of the flag is uh, is for us. You know, so Marcus Garvey really is the one who uh, gave me, if you want to call it, my nationhood. So what, <clears throat> I have another question for you. So why did you think, um, you know what I mean? Not to sound, you know what I mean? Why his plan, why do you figure, why did his plan not go through with us actually taking what he was talking about of going back to the motherland? Why did you think, why, why do you think people didn't want to follow him on that? Yeah. So it wasn't that people didn't want to follow him because he had millions of people following him, you know? Mm -hmm. talking about nearly two million, I think six million in um, the early 1900s. You know, that was unheard of, you know, um, mm -hmm. black, a black movement like that. So he had, we had um, that kind of following. It's just that when you're in a country that continuously terrorizes you, continuously uh, harasses you, you know, it's, it's hard to build and things become, you know, scattered, things become confused, confusing, things become sabotage. And that's exactly what happened. Um, the FBI, particularly Edgar Hoover, you know, he uh, just like he did to the to the new to the Black Panther Party, just like he did to Malcolm X, just like he did to Martin Luther King, um, the, 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 the UNIA ACL, which is what Garvey created, stands for Universal Negro Improvement Associations. 
and African Communities League really is the primary reason why there's an FBI today. Mm. Um, uh, Edgar Hoover, you know, a rookie at that time, uh, it wasn't called the FBI, it was called the uh, BOI, which stands for Bureau of Investigations. It wasn't the Federal Bureau yet. And because of Garvey's movement and, and, and strong influence all over the world, uh, this, this country became very, you know, fearful that he would, he would really, uh, you know, basically create a, a nation within a nation. So uh, they created the FBI to sabotage Marcus Garvey and all his constituents um, to, to bring the movement down. So that's, that's some history for you. I never knew that, bro. You know, you can learn any day, every day. Um, why do you feel like, uh, why do you feel like black brothers and black sisters want to be accepted by our, our white counterparts so much? Hmm. If you can break that down. <laughs> yeah, bro. You know, that's all by design too, because, you know, when you, when you, when you think about it, you know, we always had to go back to the foundation. Um, so mm -hmm. understanding the the beginning stages of 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 human cattle slavery here in America, particularly, um, you know, they broke down our identity. They broke down our self esteem. They broke down our heritage and our culture. And then going times all the way up to the. Uh, Hello. All right. Let's try this again. Um, you said uh, you said it was putting something. The FDA was putting something in the food. No, I was saying, um, you know, um, food, food, food is a drug. You know, with, with some companies, they actually turn <coughs> their foods into drugs so that we can be addicted to them. Mm. And. and um, you know the FDA, they they approve a lot of stuff because it's it's, it's big business, you know, and mm -hmm. they can't they can't get people to keep coming back if they don't have addictions, you know. Like you're not gonna keep coming and buying your favorite cake or buying your favorite, you know, dessert if you're not mm -hmm. addicted to it, you know. And that's 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 just the point, you know. It's addiction, but it's, it's some terrible side effects is coming with these addictions. Mm. I got I got another one. Um, another question for you, brother. How do you feel about this? Uh, this new news about the FBI coming out and saying an FBI informant—I don't know—he's a former agent—saying that uh, the FBI and the Secret Service did have something to do with brothers Malcolm' death. What do you feel about that? Oh, I mean, you know, m most of us who who really knew the story already knew the FBI was involved, and I mean. Mm -hmm. We're, look, we're talking about Fred Hampton being wiped out, mm -hmm. the complete attack of the Black Panther Party, Martin Luther King assassination coming up soon. That whole era was all FBI. Mm. That whole era, you know, Fannie Lou Hamer, all of that. FBI, This the FBI in America, man, is, is the world's greatest threat, the world's biggest terrorist. Mm. Yeah. Cause I, I saw the documentary on uh, Netflix. Um, I forgot the name of something about Malcolm X. Um, 
And he was saying, they were saying Malcolm had more power than Prophet um, Prophet Muhammad's uh, kids in his own house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Prophet Muhammad loved uh, Malcolm, they were saying. You know what I mean? He's the one that pushed the, uh, the movement, really. And he didn't want nobody to put their hands on Malcolm. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, it, it's it's really sad, you know. It's really sad. But you know, brother, we we can't we can't stay in a in a in a uh, in an attitude of sad too long. Mm -hmm. We we are those same ancestors, man, that have transitioned, and mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize that you know the bloodline is in all of us, and mm -hmm. you know either you're gonna have a mindset of somebody that's inferior and conquered, or you're gonna have a mindset to continue the mission. Wow. And I saw another thing on your on your page, man. It was so interesting you, you, how you broke down the holidays. I said, man, I never know. I never knew that about Valentine's oh. Day and these holidays. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's yeah. To promote them as being good holidays with you know what I mean, good morals. You know what I mean. So when you broke it down like that, I was I was at walk. I said, ah, I said, wow. Yeah, bro. You know. <laughs> We gotta go be beyond the surface because mm -hmm. um, a lot of these, a lot a lot of these so-called holidays are actually reinforcing Catholicism. Um, mm. You know what, what? What? My interpretation of it is, you know, all all of them, you know, based on factual evidence, are Roman pagan holidays. But um, on the secular world, you know, the popular world. It's about making making a profit, so they win both ways. They mm -hmm. they keep their legacies and, and their their uh historic history, you know, prevalent at the same time making a, a profit off of it. So they they don't lose, mm. you know. And everybody and the majority are 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 only really pretty much caring about the the feel good part about it, you know, the money part the the gifting part and, and, the, and the time off of work part, but they mm -hmm. understand that we are really perpetuating a, a, a secret society, you know, um, you know, um, that, 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 that's really corrupt. Mm. Mm. It's, it's, it's world domination and, 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 and mass manip mass manipulative brainwashing brother. Uh, what about the, you know what I mean? I don't know about how did you grow up, but I remember, I remember looking up at my grandma's house, white Jesus. Why, why, why was it every time you went to church or in your, in your parents, your folks house, it was a white Jesus? Yeah. Well. Break that down for me. <laughs> oh, man. Break that down for me. Oh, man. Well, I like to, I like to remind, you know, our listeners that. The Emancipation Proclamation wasn't even 160 years ago. All right. Yeah. Literally, you know, you could have a great grandfather that was alive during that time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my grandfather, he, he transitioned at 96. You know, you put another four years to that, he would have been 100. You add 50 years to that, he would have been 150. He would have been one of those slaves during the Emancipation Proclamation time. So, 
that being so soon and so relevant around the corner from today, whatever they was going through then, whatever they were in, uh, uh, whatever they were forced and imposed upon then, is still in us now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, on plantations, they would have sermons and churches and, and things like that where the slaves mm -hmm. would be taught who God was, what God was, what God looked like, you know, specifically certain scriptures. They couldn't do, they couldn't, they couldn't learn everything, but, but it was taught by the slave master and mm -hmm. leading up to today, not even 160 years ago, that same slave mentality, those same slave indoctrinations are in us. So if our, if, if, if our parents, parents were uh, a part of the Emancipation Proclamation, mm -hmm. that's only around the corner. Then we, being the, the second or the third generation, if, if, if our parents haven't broken away from that, then they're going to try to teach that to us. Mm -hmm. So that's how, that's how the systems perpetuate themselves. You know they're passed down from generation to generation, and that's the reason why people still had them white Jesuses and stuff, which is not even factual and it doesn't even make sense because you can't have mm -hmm. a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white man in the <laughs> near the Middle East. <laughs> like that's that's that you know what I mean. I always like how how is that possible? You know what I mean? It used to, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You try to ask your grandma, how's that pop? You know what I mean? You get in trouble for asking them kind of questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I always found that wild. But um and I got one man that's even more comical for you. And I, I had read this, I think it was this morning or last night, and it was saying, like, how in the world during during a, a time where English wasn't even dominant, was mm -hmm. was people called John and 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 Peter and Paul and you know these names what that what didn't even exist. Why how how could it be possible that these was the names of these characters during a time when those names didn't even exist? Yeah, I, like that's 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 really deep because I always wonder that how you go from Ishmael to John. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> like you know what I mean. That's that's like. I never got that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I never got how's that possible, but yeah. You know what I mean? That's another story. Like I don't I don't know how you could you go from that. But. I I I I'll say one thing, brother. You know, when you when you truly uh comprehend, you know, um where the history mm -hmm. is is plagiarized from and off of, then you'll understand that they couldn't give the original names from what they uh they used and plagiarized because then it would it would it would be African names, you know, it would be um Hebrew names that would that would uh focus back to Africa. So the whole point is is to get people away from Africa, get people away from you know the Moors and and, and focus on the Greeks and the Europeans and the so-called Jews. Mm. How do you how do you really feel about brothers saying they the original Hebrews and, and the original Jews, like the um, Jehovah. I mean, uh, um, what you call the Black Israelites? Yeah. I, How do you feel about that? I mean, you know, pe pe people um, adopt, you know, ideologies to whatever is 
is more beneficial for them. So, you know, um, yeah, you know, Hebrew, we can be um, Hebrews. It means crossing over um, according to, um, I think it was uh, Anthony Browder or Malachi Z. York. He was saying that the word Hebrew meant to cross over. And basically it was a term for, for, for a kind of people, you know, what they would do. They were travelers. So, you know, um, yeah. We, you know, we all could some to some degree be Hebrews, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, to to focus so much on the historic, the prehistoric times, instead of really putting so much energy into what is relevant and and in action today to our problems today, I think I think I think can waste a lot of precious time. Mm -hmm. to, to see how life is right now, do you feel like? Are following, you know what I mean? Are uh, uh, the trailblazers, you know what I mean? The activists, um, all 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 the work they did, did they do it in vain? Because nothing really changed. Do you think they did it in vain? Is that a good question to ask you? Oh, wow, you know it's, it's 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 ironic, man. You asking me that because I was just listening to uh, Fannie Lou Hamer, you know, um, you know, talk about you know how she was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the main thing, brother, I think when it comes to activism is life or death. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of, especially those civil rights eras, people really wasn't, they wasn't trying to die, you know. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, they were trying to fight with as much, you know, least resistance as possible. But... You know, I think Malcolm makes it very clear of, of what the price of freedom is. And mm -hmm. he breaks it down, you know, how, you know, uh, all wars, the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, those were the means for America to become an independent nation. That's how they got their freedom. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, a lot of the fight for our people to become integrated with with mm -hmm. our enemies with those who hated us mm -hmm. was was really a, a a tactic that benefited the enemy you know because i i really feel this way you know what i mean i'm i'm not as you know I me mean, on your history level but i feel like you look at it we had our own businesses we had our own leagues you know what yeah. i mean even the negro league we had all that extra stuff you know what i mean we had our own money yeah and once that ended, we didn't have nothing. We became the worker. Yeah. That, uh, can I say that? Is that accurate to you? You're very accurate on that, you know. And I and I, I I commend you for uh, you know, for expressing those things because that's exactly what happened. You know, Abraham Lincoln didn't free the slaves because um he was a good man. He freed the slaves for mm -hmm. political and economical purposes. And uh, you can actually hear one of his quotes. You can read it during uh, one of his um, his inauguration speeches, where he says his intentions is not to to uh, to, to to free the slave or or, uh, or 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 change how the way slavery was. His whole purpose was to save the union, and he also mm -hmm. says in his speech that you know the. Um, there, there basically has to be a superior race. And between the mm. white man and the black man, the white man is the superior race. 
because I ain't gonna lie. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. When they they rushed the Capitol, I felt like, man, this feel like we went back on some Confederated Yankee stuff again. You know what I mean? Like I, that story of history repeats itself. History repeats itself. Yeah, I, I I have a point of view about that Capitol um, episode. Mm -hmm. And 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 I believe it all validates, you know, division. It it all reinforces division, and 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 it mm -hmm. goes back to that whole story of Bacon's Rebellion. Mm. And, and when people learned of Bacon's Rebellion, this was the late seventeenth uh, century. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it was a basically back then the colonies was like West Virginia. It wasn't it, America really wasn't America yet. Um, they was just developing, you know, the colonies and the Indians, as they call them, which is to me is a disrespectful name because that's the name that the enslavers gave them. But or indigenous natives, um, they 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 was given a lot of resistance. So a man by mm -hmm. the name of Nathaniel Bacon, uh, he he was one a part of like one of the wealthy families back then, and the the governor of that time, William Berkeley, um, he was trying to negotiate with, as they called them, the Indians. Nathaniel Bacon didn't want to negotiate with him, so what he did was he organized the uh, indentured servant whites, the slave blacks, to create a, a militia. And they started taking over, you know, they started, uh, you know, fighting the Indians. They started fighting their own government. They started taking over. Well, long story short, during that time, black people could have been free. They could have owned their own slaves. They could have had white indentured servants. They could have married white women. It wasn't a thing about black and white during that time. Mm -hmm. But after this rebellion took place, um, they came together, the governments came together, and they said, we got to make sure that this don't happen again. So what they did, they started creating the definition of black and white. And, and basically, they took all the rights away from the black man. They made it so that if a white woman was to have a child with that black man, that her child would be a slave. So that stopped white women from wanting to be with, with black men. And, and so mm. much more. So the, the main thing is, the treatment of 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 black people, um, mm -hmm. um, the bad treatment was created then, because the the richest, the wealthy, had to take the attention away from them, and make us feel like one was better than the other. So what happened at the Capitol to me was to reinforce the division to show the world, well, the white man is still untouchable. The white man can still do what he wants to do and not be punished. And make us angry, mm -hmm. us in our feelings, us upset, you know, and not think logically. But I, I think it's all, man, it's a trick on all of us. Because at the end of the day, it's mm -hmm. all about dividing the masses. Mm -hmm. Wow. I, it, was, it was just wild to look at that, man. It's just, it was just wild to look at that. And I noticed, you know, because I work a, a regular nine to five, how the white, you know, what I mean, the white counterparts were so like they looked like they were smiling in a, in a sense. You know what I mean? They thought 
you know what I mean? That's going to prolong Trump staying in there. You know what I mean? That's how they were smiling. Well, you know, all, all of that is a trick, man. You know, trickonomics is what I call it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's it's just to keep the divide so that that mm. that the few that really are truly running the economy can continue to, to, to do what they what they do without having mm. the, the trigger or, or the target pointed on them. And that's what it's all about. Like, because at the end of the day, I, I really don't have no faith. I don't have no faith in either party. You know what I mean? I don't have no faith in any, any of them. You know, to be completely honest. You know what I mean? I don't know when the last time I voted. You know what I mean? Because it, it feels like either way you're doing it. Either way. You know what I mean? They're not going to do anything to change these laws. No, no, no. I was just, I was just listening. Um, You know, a lot of places down south, man, have not amended um ratified change some of them old slave laws still exist you know about yeah. voting and all of that you know it still it still mm -hmm. exists today so we we real fresh man from emancipation proclamation we are very fresh and believe it or not you know we we are we are the warriors we we are the advocates if 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 the millennials and the generation z don't you know, fight and take matters into their own hands, we're going to wind up finding ourselves close to being in the same situation as we was in the, in the 19th century, man. Mm. Like, I, like I had, like I lived, my first half, I lived in Maryland. You know, when I was 10, my mom died, so I had to move with my dad. But I've never seen no slave houses in my life till I moved down south. That's, that is historical landmarks. You know what I mean? The, the trade of slave, they still got houses yeah. out there. You know what I mean? As landmarks. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's crazy to me, seeing cotton fields and stuff like that. I never I never seen no stuff like that to I moved out. I mean, bro, they, they still have sharecropping going on. Wow. You know, wow. They got, some, they got some generations of, you know, people who was still working on the farms in the late 1800s. Their, their grandchildren is still on them fields working for them slave masters' children today. Mm. So do you, are you one, um, you know I me, mean, black brother believe in generational wealth, black generational wealth? Do you believe in that for our people? Yeah, I mean, if, it, if we can have, actually have a chance for it to exist, mm. <laughs> you know. So you don't, you don't believe the basic uh, laws of you know what I mean? Teaching, I say, like the Jew man does. I say he he's a shoemaker that passed a shoemaking thing down for generation wealth. You don't think it's that simple, or you think it's more complex than that? Well, you know that's that's a part of the scenario. You know, like I I have a I have a pie business that 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 is doing exactly what you just said. You know, this was passed down to me mm -hmm. from my grandmother. Wow, I was wondering which Grandma Lucy is about. I'm glad you went into that. Yeah, Grandma okay. Louise Pies is, is my grandmother. And, uh, you know, wow. my son, he's five years old now, and, and he helps me. You know, so, mm -hmm. yeah, like, passing on the trade, you know, to, to the next generation is very important because it teaches them to not have to go out and ask somebody for a job. You know? Mm. But, um, see, when you talk about that word wealth, though, you know, wealth 
it's a it's a substantial number and you know mm. a lot of us become small businesses and the reason why we we don't have the wealth is because we've never been allowed to have generational wealth you know it's mm. been stolen from us murdered uh bombed extorted terrorized you know it's it's very hard man to find like what what happened to the madam cj walker line you feel me Wow. wow, yo! I was like, I was thinking about something like that, like you know, I me mean, George Washington Carver with yeah. the peanut. I wonder if his family still get the, you know, I mean, the the residuals out of making the first yeah. peanut butter. You know, what I mean, them them questions I do yeah. think about. Yeah, like I don't know what happened about um, DJ Walker. Yeah. And, and, and you look at it nowadays. You know what I mean? Our sisters kill themselves for weave. You know what I mean? Them hair products from, you know what I mean? By the, buying it from the Chinese. And the look back in history, us own our own, you know what I mean? Conditioners and stuff like that. Definitely, man. You know, they, it's they, crazy. They're, they're more, more extorters, man. You know, the, the Chinese and the, and, the, and the Arabs, as they call them, all, all of them that come to the black community to set up shop are, are they're intelligent because they're going where the money is and they're going where they know they, they're going to make some money. But at the same time, they're also extorters because the kind of people that's coming into their stores are ill, you know, um, they're ill financially, they're ill um, psychologically at times. And they're also ill um, even um, health wise, you know, they, they're ill with their self-esteem. So they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're predicating on those who have very low self-esteem, those who don't know mm. anything about self-preservation, and they're they're not mm. they're not helping. They're not giving a helping hand. They're not trying to help their inferior state. You know, they 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 just want them to keep coming back to them and being consumers. Mm. You know, you know what I mean. I I, I see this a lot of um. You know what I mean? I, you know what I mean? I am all for interracial, you know, relationships. I'm not against that, but don't, I feel like I see a lot of brothers come up to me and say, um, Sherrod, um, you know, it's hard going home to not to really be able to, you know what I mean, have somebody to really understand what I'm going through with the police brutality and stuff like that. But I said, brother, you decided that. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's hard. You understand what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you know, even in the in that in that Bible, it said you reap what you sow. You know, so if you want to exactly. put yourself in the situation to bring necessary mm -hmm. attention to you, then you you got to learn know how to deal with that. Exactly. One hundred. Um, you know I me. Mean? I'm about to end it off right here. How can they support the Black Wolf? You know what I mean? Scout movement. Can they uh? send some money through cash app or how could they go by doing that yeah, so, for so you? right now um, we're having a huge um youth employment um movement and we're we're we're, mm -hmm. we're we're teaching youth how to be entrepreneurs with our products so uh right mm -hmm. now uh the the daily pay is between 125 to 250 dollars a day and 
And if they want, mm-hmm. if they want to get involved in the program and learn how to be this entrepreneur, they can email me at uh, Grandma Louise L O U I S E Pies at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. Grandma Louise Pies at yahoo.com. And uh, the first step is to get an orientation. If people want to send donations, they can also uh, email me there. Um, we have a cash app. There's money sign brother fit money sign brother fit and um i think the best way is just mm-hmm. to email or hit us up on social media facebook instagram mm-hmm. uh, grandma louise pies um or black wolf you scouts nation mm. like i appreciate you coming on here bro i learned a lot you know i mean just from the two set of downs we had conversation wise man I wish you nothing but the best of luck out there in Baltimore City and reaching the youth, man. I appreciate you. Well, brother, I appreciate this platform and the opportunity. Um, I appreciate, you know, just the opportunity to spread the knowledge and spread the love to the people. All right, song to you, brother. Have a good one, man.